I'm John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. This week, we're joined by the one and only Jeannie Fisher, Managing Director with Strategic Retirement Partners in Nashville. Anyone who knows Fisher knows she's made incredible use of LinkedIn to engage clients and grow her business. She joins us to speak about effective marketing in the time of COVID, the appeal of the Roth 401k, and an important investment that's getting a little attention. Jeannie, you recently posted to LinkedIn about the most underutilized investment no one is talking about. What is it? I did. It's a fixed maturity ETF, which uh, we're not necessarily seeing in the 401k space, but has become a huge component of the financial plans we're building for our private clients. And why is nobody talking about it? Well, they're, well, I say they're relatively new. They are 10 years old, but they're a little bit abstract um, in that basically they're bridging the individual bond market over into the ETF market. And so I think people maybe don't understand them as well. And in reality, there's not that many offered. Uh, so I think it's just new and, and a, little, um, a little too new for everybody to be hopping on the bandwagon just yet. Understood. Now, why is it so effective from a planning standpoint? Well, to me, it simplifies the fixed income holding component of our portfolios. Um, you know, as I said, the ETFs kind of really came out full force like the mutual fund did and provided some really great equity exposure. Um, but we still have a lot of individual investors and advisors trying to build individual bond portfolios, which is actually quite a bit riskier and quite a bit more challenging than you would expect. Um, sure. it's, it, it's its own unique market. You have to understand the language uh, and it's harder to, to diversify, you know, if you're buying these individual bonds. So for me, from an advisor perspective, it's very easy to implement. And then from a client perspective, it's very easy to understand. And it gives them something, um, it gives them a clear path to cash, um, which is what I think a lot of retirees want. So it's just one more advantage of the ETF, huh? Absolutely. All of the built-in advantages of the ETF, but um, obviously with a fixed maturity or a bond type component. Understood. So transitioning to LinkedIn, you're known very well for being very well versed on LinkedIn. What's new and kind of exciting uh, that you're seeing out on the platform? <laughs> well, LinkedIn is always changing. There's you know a lot of jokes about the logarithm and what hits and what doesn't hit. Um, right. It's becoming very obvious to me that LinkedIn is following in the steps of its older sister's Facebook. Um, and it's it is evolving to a, a paid platform. And what I mean by that is, you know, two years ago when I first started doing video, it was really easy to get um, momentum as an original content creator. But it, it seems very obvious now that they will be moving to a paid content uh, platform. So, uh, you know, it looks like it's kind of saturated in terms of the videos now that they're out on LinkedIn. Are you still getting the same response that you once did? Or is this just part of kind of you trying to find new and innovative ways to reach clients? No, so I, th I think I do in the sense of engagement. Videos will get mo uh, more post-engagement. Uh, I have noticed in the past month or so, view count has dropped drastically, and I'm, I'm not sure what has changed in that. Um, but you, you're right, video uh, became very saturated. And so uh, you actually get more views on just an image. And so I've tried to just constantly, not necessarily new content, but new uh, mediums for content. So this year I really started uh, adding infographs in addition to video, just anything to chop it up, to mix it up, to catch the eye. Yep, understood. What topics are hitting right now on LinkedIn? Have you noticed any trends? Well, you know, there was a huge trend around the election and tax reform, um, which was always a dicey topic to cover. Um, I, I think anytime 
you can simplify it no matter what the conversation is. If you can simplify it to three points, I think that's what takes off. Yep. So anytime we go into a downturn or a crisis, um, innovation seems to take over. What's new and exciting um, from a marketing perspective that you've seen that's come out of all that's happening? You know, I think for me, the virtual events, and it's it's funny you're asking this because I'm right in the middle of planning one right now, but um, when you can't go to a networking event or you can't take somebody to lunch, you have to come up with other ways to meet yeah. with them. Um, and just the evolution of the virtual coffee hour or, um, you know, the virtual event that maybe has nothing to do about your services, but it's just trying to get people, you know, in your virtual space. Um, those, those events have become very creative and fun and exciting. Creative. Can you give us maybe just some examples? I mean, I know that everybody seems to be kind of Zoom exhausted at this point. Um, what is really working? What is really hitting for you? So I've had some success with the virtual coffee hours. Um, you know, I'm going to send you a gift card and let's get on and just enjoy a cup of coffee. I think it's casual. I think it's easy for somebody to attend. Um, I don't think it requires a lot of commitment on either part. You know, one of the things that we're we're trying to plan right now is somewhat of a holiday event. You know, anything that's not necessarily me sitting here talking to you about wealth management or 401k, but right. if I can excite you with a how-to class, right? Like how to build a cheese board or how to make this cocktail. Um, you know, people are tired of, of someone talking to you through Zoom, but they're open to any form of entertainment <laughs> because we okay. don't have that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand. And it seems like we've exhausted ourselves on the uh, on the, the Zoom kind of virtual happy hours and that we're now sobering up. And so you're saying it's the coffee shops and coffee hours now that people are going for. So <laughs> right. I guess it's a bit of a sea change here. Yeah. So wonderful. Um, you know, I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Roth 401ks, um, something with which, again, you're well versed. And you mentioned Biden and the tax plan and the tax environment. Are they getting more of a look, more notice at this point? Yeah, they are. Well, and it's not just the Biden tax proposal, but it was also the loss of the stretch IRA, which, gosh, I don't know if it was Secure Cares. I think it may have been the Secure Act. We lost the stretch IRA. Um, so with the the general assumption that tax rates will probably increase across the board and the loss of the stretch IRA, more and more people are coming to us all the time saying, how do I maximize the Roth? And we're still fighting this notion that you can earn too much money to contribute to a Roth. You can't a Roth IRA. You, there is no income limitation on the Roth 401k. Um, so you take that into consideration. And then you take it even a, more of an advanced step and you build in the after-tax dollars in the 401k with an in-plan Roth conversion, which is possible uh, if the plan allows it. And you're talking about mega, mega bucks that you're not getting a tax deduction today for, but you're locking away, you know, for tax-free growth from now on. Uh, so it's a huge planning tool, especially if you're under the assumption tax rates will be up going up. Is the Roth a demographic play at this point? Is interest mainly from younger workers or is it now all ages? Yeah, it's all ages. Um, you know, when we do our group education, we say, uh, you know, if you're under the age of 40, you should be doing the Roth. And then it becomes kind of a no-brainer. Like the minute you explain it, they immediately switch. The, um, the inquisitions, you know, the cold reach outs are from older, higher income individuals who are saying, OK, I hear what you're saying about the Roth. How do I do this? Um, so I would say much more interest in the in the aging high net worth group. As a top advisor, Jeannie, um, what has the, the kind of covid environment been like for you? I mean, is business good? Have you kept up? Has it just been such a drastic change at this point that you've had to kind of scramble um, all of the above? No. So I would say business is good. 
Um, we're in a unique position where, you know, we changed firms and we got to start cold <laughs> right at the right. beginning of a pandemic. But, um, you know, in hindsight, we're pleasantly surprised at what um, new clients we have been able to get this year. And yeah, I, hopefully I'm not just wishing, but, you know, you as an advisor who's in business development mode, right, heavy on marketing, you take a look at this pipeline, the pipeline we've built, and I, there's a confidence. I have a confidence that there's going to be a major slingshot effect next year. Um, I still think, you know, there was movement this fall, um, but I still think there's a lot of trepidation, a lot of people who are saying, we just got to get through 2020 and then we'll come back. And I think those who stayed active, those who stayed visible and aggressive throughout this whole year, maybe didn't get as much business as they expected, but I think it'll slingshot them next year. That is exactly what we like to hear. So <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Jeannie, as always, thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. 